everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vinylism. And I'm your host, Adam. And on this episode, we have Chemo. Hello. What's going on? Not much, man. I'm excited for this podcast. I am too. I am too. And Kenny, we have Kenny on as usual as well. What's up, Kenny? What's happening, guys? Good to be here chatting with you again, as usual. We're going to talk about some Shiner tonight. Apropos. Shiner. The mighty Shiner, KC. It's her first album in, is it 18 years? 17. 17, since the egg. Yeah. Called Schadenfreude, which is how Alan pronounced it, so that's what I'm going with. The new album, Schadenfreude, has been released, and you can hear it everywhere. And we just got our records, all three of us. What do you, th- what do you guys think of the record? It's a great, what is it, kind of a gray swirly thing? Gray swirl. Yeah, yeah I got <laughs> I it. I like it. It looks cool. You got Pretty it, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I didn't you managed to get in? Okay, what about you, Kenny? Did you get the yeah. gray swirl or the block? Yeah, I got the swirl. There's only like, what, 250 copies made of that? Is that what it says? It, is that? I mean, yeah, I know. I know. As soon as it went on sale for the pre-order, like, jumped on it right away. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This cog doesn't say how many, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, obviously. I thought it was, too, it said, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I thought there was a certain number on the on the pre-order site, but. You got the swirl also, uh, right, Chemo? Yeah. Looks cool. Really nice. I like the gatefold art. It's cool. It's like. Uh, that's what I forgot to look at was who the artist was. That's sweet, man. I've been looking forward to it. Like, you know, a lot of stuff's been getting delayed because of these COVID times we're living in right now. But uh, this one, the... Uh, the digital release came out a little early because the manufacturing got held up. So it's pretty stoked to see this show up on my doorstep. Same. When did the digital hit? Was that back in like April or something or May? May. May 8th was when it came out. So we've had access to it for a while. I didn't listen. May I listened first. to maybe May 1st. I listened to the streaming like maybe once. I wanted to kind of save it for when I got the record. And the record sounds, I think, awesome. Like really well yeah really well recorded yeah <clears throat> i i definitely agree i um i hadn't listened to it too much until recently like i checked it out right away when they first released the digital and got to be honest i don't know maybe i wasn't in the right mood but it, it didn't grow on me on the first listen but then as i started listening to it some more with the vinyl uh getting nearer it's uh it's really grown on me some good stuff on there same yeah me too and obviously the recording, you said the, re- the recording sounds, you know, uh, they went to like Earth Analog Studios with Matt Talbot, uh, Matt Talbot Studios to record. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty badass studio up there. So not surprised that it sounds as good as it does. Earth this, Analog. It says on Discogs it was recorded at Massive Sound. Oh, Massive Shawnee, Sound? Kansas, yeah. Oh, okay. Is that affiliated with Talbot at all? Or? No, it's not. It's Kansas um one of the big that's related to paul's paul studio that's paul's oh, studio yeah yeah he mentions it in the uh, podcast with uh when alan from third gear scratch alan apley interviews paul malinowski his bass player yeah definitely worth checking out and this is also on looks like the first release on two black eyes records which i was asking before we started rolling tape here on this podcast just Alan's label? Is this like a new? I think it's his ASCAP uh, BMI thing. Cool. For uh, royalties for yeah. the band. But it, Two Black Eyes is a song from the... From Lula, right? Post, Post-Lula era when they recorded... No, was it? Not sure exactly. Because I know it was... They reissued the Lula album with those two extra songs was two black eyes and uh, sleep it off on the, uh, the CD from DeSoto that they reissued it a second time with those two bonus tracks. And then there's like a mastering issue with the uh, two black eyes on the CD. So there was nice. like a volume dro- like fade and all of a sudden the volume comes back all of a sudden. So the song oh. kicks back in. So there's Thanks. a mastering issue that was, fumbled with the uh, actual on the actual CD itself so yeah do they have to do a recall for that or 
how do they they just went that? with it they just stayed with it yeah they couldn't really reverse it once it was already past mastering and all that stuff i guess one last little tidbit you guys might find this interesting <laughs> also according to discogs has been released on cassette there's a blue limited edition cassette and a green and the blue is limited to 50 copies and the green limited to 30. you guys should check this out on Sweet. Yeah, if only I had a tape deck that still yeah. worked. My friend had, bought some. They they <laughs> issued more than decks, but not yeah, they, they issued more than two colors, I think, right? Oh, or did they not? Only so far only two have been posted up on Discogs. If there's more then Yeah, I'm hmm. I'll have to look at their merch uh site. I don't know guys, we're gonna have to change our format to uh <laughs> boomboxism. Cassettalism. <laughs> oh gosh. I still have a few tapes. I think most of them are my parents. I saw mine. Yeah. I'm like, I've got you, some too, you, yeah. I don't have anything really to play them on except a four track recorder. I could bust that thing out. My four track died like years ago. Oh yeah. I bought yeah. a really cheap uh basically like a like a Sony Walkman knockoff kind of thing off of Amazon recently to to play a couple of my old home recordings that uh my brother dug up in his closet and gave to me nice and uh recordings of you yeah yeah, like stuff that i recorded on a four track and stuff like that like you know ancient ancient stuff devil worshiping metal (laughs) yeah where i had like hand drawn my own custom artwork on the cassette tape fold-in thingy and yeah it's beautiful the j card yeah that's cool yeah so i i bought like a 20 dollar little portable cassette player it kind of sounds like ass but it works nothing uh, nothing fantastic i'm looking forward to hearing those tracks out when they you put them up on your band camp from those cassettes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh some classic stuff man goes classic way back rock classic metal <laughs> yeah, like early early 90s grunge you know whatever grunge alt rock weirdness i would have enjoyed that <laughs> yeah some bedroom rock yeah but uh, getting into this album and i guess we we're talking about this also before we got to do a little disclaimer that we've had this for a week right i mean it's been available on streaming for a couple months but i think we both all three just kind of really started digging into this when we got our records so we've only heard it a few times i think i've only heard it like three or four times kenny you said only a few times chemo you probably heard it few dozen yeah so a few dozen you're still kind of digesting but still yeah fresh um fresh ears for all of us is that would you say that's fair kenny that we're still kind of digesting these tracks so definitely definitely yeah it's it's i mean for me it it's kind of growing on me more and more each time i listen to it i found myself thinking of some of the melodies and guitar riffs and things like that after hearing it but Definitely want to spend a little bit more time with it. Totally. Well, you know, we start our first podcast was on a Shiner record, their last one called The Egg from 01. And we got really in depth with it and we're like talking about like the minutes of the songs and stuff. I don't think this one is going to be that in depth, but I do have a few notes I took when listening. So let's just get into it. Uh, first track, In the End. I like the track. Yeah. I think it's a good start for being rusty for 17 years totally yeah it's a now, great track i was just listening to this last night and i was like wow i thought to myself it's kind of short on vocals like he just kind of lets the band like alan kind of steps out he sings a few verse a few lines kind of lets the band take over on this one and i wonder i assume that's an intentional thing you know he's like letting the band kind of cut loose on the first track you know kind of bringing us back I noticed it, that last night. It is next to O Captain, it's like the shortest, one of the shorter rocking songs on the album, too. Yeah. But I didn't notice that. I'll have to I'll listen to it again. Listen back. There's whole sections where Alan kind of drops out and just lets the band come through, which is interesting. You know, it's definitely not a, compl- a complaint, it's uh, an observation. Mm. Uh, it's a good opener. Can you like this one? I'm sure. That's it's a good track. It's kind of you know, lyrically, uh, sort of a Alan Epley signature. He he 
tends to write some uh, often sort of kind of dark introspective lyric, you know, lyrics. And uh, this one's kind of like that, you know, I was just looking up what, what Schadenfreude means in German. Cause obviously uh, I'm American, which means I don't speak other languages for shit. Well, not that I'm proud of Schaden, it. I think I know what Schadenfreude is, but <laughs> go ahead and tell us. It's not that I'm proud of that. I wish I spoke multiple languages, but uh, it says pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. Yeah. German, the German language, I know it's got some, some really cool words and phrases and things, kind of like deeply meaningful stuff, uh, things that I've read and heard about, you know, that, that's a little bit more interesting sometimes than English. A so. lot more descriptive and they pack a lot more. It's a very long word, <laughs> multi-syllable <laughs> word, but they pack more like, I'm not sure we have a word for that, you know, corresponding if English. If I'm mistaken, I think Josh Newton was going to name something of one of his products or used it as a song title. I could be wrong about that. I don't remember exactly that Alan kind of borrowed that from Josh Newton's project and used it for this album title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, he Alan does a lot of kind of dark lyrics, but... When you hear him, like, hear him talk on his podcast and stuff, I mean, he, he's like a funny dude. He doesn't sound like he's Mr. Negative or anything like no. that, but he kind of likes to go for some of these deep, deep, dark, and moody lyrical themes. Mm-hmm. Good opening track. Kind of really hits you out of the gate, I think. Uh, Life is a Mannequin, that was kind of like, what, a single in a way. It was the first song they released, right? Yeah. And they did a video for it, which was uh, directed by Toby Lawrence of Molly Maguire. Oh, really? Yeah. I still haven't seen the video. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. It's actually a pretty funny video. They did a good job. He did a great job of directing it. I never think to look for videos anymore. Like, come on, bro. You don't MTV, you don't do dude. MTV. YouTube, yeah, TikTok, Snapchat, Vine. Get with it, bro. Come on. <laughs> I haven't seen the video either, so. Oh, well, oh, man, come on. Unless you're all on YouTube. <laughs> Something to look for. Uh, it's a good track, I think. It's not my favorite, but another really solid one. Yeah, it's a good song. I, I think it's a good choice for a first song to be released. It's... One of the longer songs on the album. Is it? It definitely has a Shiner yeah. sound as far as that goes, I think. Yeah. Kind of sarcastic lyrics and. Kind of reminds me of, uh, of uh, Truth About Cows in a way. Yeah. Has hmm. a build up kind of similar to that, but not maybe as dark. Maybe as dark, yeah, but uh, it kind of reminds me of Truth About Cows. Even though it's not the starting track but right it's close yeah. to the beginning yeah uh what about genuflect i think that's one of the better ones on here track three gosh genuflect really cool track. Time, really cool time signature on this i tried i'm not really good at counting time signatures i don't know what it actually is but uh, it definitely has that shiner kind of tricky feel to it oh yeah genuflect yes just listening before we started and uh has a great lift off on the chorus section just kind of like launches I'm like oh it's such a cool song one of my favorites for sure on here <clears throat> can you guys hear that what is that you hear it is it like a wailing sound some jackass is like blasting music i think outside my window oh man seriously yeah. bro <laughs> Is it Shiner? What? What a <laughs> no, it's not, not Shiner. I wish it were. It's like super obnoxious. Anyway. Your window's yeah. open? Is it no, some mumble? shut. It's just that Some mumble model. rap? It sounds like some R&B stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I think it stopped. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Jenny Flecked. Great track. One of my favorites, I think. That's one of my favorites on the album. You guys should definitely go back and check that out. 
I will have to do that if it's your favorite track. Now, uh, nothing. Nothing is my favorite track, but let's see. What what are the opinions from you guys? If you uh, last song on side one, if I'm not mistaken, can you remember not the song nothing? Uh, I gotta say. I'm sure I do. If like if you played me the opening riff of it, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that song." But uh, at the moment, drawing blanks. Kimo, what makes this one your favorite? I like the uh, the. Is it not a tempo change? Not a. It's not a tempo change. It's a uh, key change. I think right before the chorus kicks in, and I like that kind of joltiness of the change. And that's like the standout track for me because of that. Because I, I like that uh, tension in the beginning of the song, and then there's a different kind of tension at the right after when the chorus kicks in. There's some good tension release going on in this one. I gotta say, I told him this also earlier. I told Kima this. I think this one sounds a lot like Alan's other band, The Life and Times, to me. This one could be almost a Life and Times song my opinion like that's just what i think <laughs> so well i mean <clears throat> considering it's 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 alan totally on guitar and singing obviously he's a big part of life and times and and life and times of course they they frequently kind of share some of the uh the shiner vibes too right so yeah true i mean to me everything else on here sounds like shiner and even I should probably listen to nothing some more. Maybe I'll pick out some more stuff that reminds me of properly of Shiner, but it's a good track. Like, I like it a lot. Uh, opening song opening song of side two, Low Hanging Fruit. Now, after I just got done complaining about the last one, this really has the old Shiner sound to me. It really actually sounds like something from their, their album, Starless. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, it, it, it definitely has their their vibe to it and uh i like i like that tune a lot that low-hanging fruit's got a some some lyrical stuff that sticks in my head each time i listen to it as well so that's that's a good one what do you think of this track chemo i think this is where um in the podcast i think paul might have mentioned and alan mentioned that this is or was it J jason's uh podcast with third gear scratch that Josh Newton initiated the riff for the song and it kind of uh, steamrolled and turned into low hanging fruit, I believe. I have to listen to those podcasts again, but uh, yeah, I enjoy the song. It's a, uh, let's see. Is Josh in the band right now? Josh is still in the band, yeah. He, he plays... Okay, he plays guitar, it says. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so um, speaking about the podcast, you know, a little plug here for Alan Epley's Third Gear Scratch podcast. Highly recommend it. It's, it's great. He talks to a lot, variety of musicians from all walks and kind of what makes them tick and why they do what they love. And uh, he had <clears throat> a special... He had the drummer Jason Gherkin on in May, which I listened to. And he also had Paul on. I haven't heard that one yet. But uh, Jason Gherkin said something really interesting I wanted to bring up. But they were talking, him and Alan were talking about uh, the Kansas City drummers specifically and why they were so amazing. You know, each band had this like amazing drummer and drum sound. And Gherkin's take on that was, well, I grew up in the Midwest. We had basements to practice in. And Gherkin says when he came out to LA, everyone so many people he met were just kind of slacker drummers that you know didn't really take it seriously and you know gherkin has like this competitive midwest thing going on you know grew up with like bonham and other influences that you know really pert. made him want to keith yeah Moon. neil pert that kind of stuff so yeah i never really thought about that in that way but i'm like that's interesting you know what do you think of that kenny well i, I don't know whether it's that or there's just something in the water in there but i mean there definitely was some just amazing music that came out of that scene and that era in uh the early 90s like really all of the 90s 
Um, and uh, the drummers definitely had a part in it because there was a lot of stuff uh, that was sort of pushing things musically and rhythmically rather than doing just all simple, straight, 4-4 four, four grunge rock songs, which, you know, I, I love me some some early 90s grunge too, but but they were kind of getting musically uh, a little deeper with like some more syncopated rhythms and time signatures and stuff like that and and, uh, and mixing it with a heavy rock sound, which was seems pretty unique to that sort of KC and Midwest sound that came out of there. So they, whatever whatever it was that inspired it, I mean, I'm just happy because it inspired me too as a musician and, and listening to this stuff right back on. in those days. Yeah, it's sonically diverse compared to their West and Eastern coast counterparts for sure yeah was, not, as, not as stripped down as like the noise rock maybe coming out of the like new york and stuff and it was interesting listening to uh to alan talk to to jason on the podcast about uh him joining the band and sort of his style versus tim dow's drumming style and uh, uh they're they're comparing it that jason gherkin's drumming style that like he 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 wanted to play likes to play more for the song and to the song specifically whereas he felt like Tim Dow was a little bit more pushing the envelope and just kind of a little bit more all over the place which I can hear that in some stuff but I you know I I love Tim Dow's drumming too and some of the stuff that that Gherkin plays is pretty damn technical and out there and, and yeah and and pretty intense too so mm. different styles a little different drum sound in the studio too but both amazing drummers it was kind of yeah. funny to hear to hear gherkin kind of kind of chop on uh, tim dow a bit all in good fun of course yeah i have to say that uh, there is a demo floating about in the interwebs where you could find tim dow playing the starless songs it's just the starless demos with tim dow really? eight songs out of the is there nine tracks on there i forget but uh um yeah there is there is a version where it's tim dow playing and i believe joel hamilton the other second guitarist played a little bit on there too and then according to the podcast i think Josh Newton uh, came in and then recorded some stuff on Starless, but then they really wanted to showcase Josh Newton on the Making Love EP. So they recorded Making Love, the cover song, while Joel Hamilton was a live live takes on on that EP of the live song. Who's that there. a cover by? Uh, Bad Company. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. You've heard oh, the, their version of it, though, right? I think so. Was that an EP? Yeah, it's an EP, yeah. Good version, though. Really interesting. Spacey. Let's get I back think. to the album real quick. Uh, next track, Paul P. Pugh. Which I'm sure Kenny remembers this one. <laughs> I wrote um, huge band sound on this track. Awesome track. That's all I got on it. <laughs> this was the second notes. second song they released yeah uh, digitally before the album was released yeah to tease the album so thought it was an interesting song uh it's fairly upbeat kind of reminds me of kevin is gone in a way mm, right from uh, starless kind of has that runaway fast upbeat tempo it's a it's one of the shorter songs on the album too less than four minutes long on there i should say that the i also scribbled down the album length is 38 minutes 24 seconds i'll have something to say about that at the end but i'll save it uh the next track swallow is my favorite i think this is amazing amazing track uh i had written down on here great vocal blue notes by alan on on the track kind of the way he kind of flattens the, the melody is what he's singing it's kind of like a blue note but it's really really cool when he like his style the way he does stuff like that i really dig it and some really nice tricky compound time signatures on this one i think it's very epic kind of the last rocker on the album and it's the outro really the good album, one the last yeah 
Kimo, you like this one, right? Yeah, it reminds me of it reminds this whole album reminds me of Starless in a way. It does me as well. And it reminds me of like the outro track for Starless, which is too much of not enough. Mm. Which yeah. is the song that exits for that album until and then the next track, of course, we'll we'll go into detail and uh, but I really do like Swallow also. It's not my favorite compared to Adam's favorite, but uh, I think it's a great track because it does kind of remind me of too much of not enough. How there's like a build up. Totally. Yeah, I we... think that I think that there's definitely that Shiner feeling, you know, just running throughout this whole album, and uh, you know, it's like they that listening to Alan talk about it, like they, they just got together and tried to make some music that they didn't try to go like, Oh, we got to one up the last album or, you know, anything yeah. like that. They just, they're just like, it's gotta be good though. We don't want to put out some, you know, schlock BS. Like we got, we wanted to make it real and do something, be creative, you know, like, like they did before and kind of tap into the magic that they had. And so I, I think they did that. I was going to bring that up too, talking about like how, Alan thought if he's kind of overthinking stuff too much, he's like, all right, well, I'll just leave, you know, that aside or, you know, they, they wanted it to be natural. He said they didn't want to pick, start or pick up where the egg left off. Like they weren't thinking that way in terms of approaching this. Yeah. I, some of the things they mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of tough for Ben to live up to that way. And it's like, cause he broke up and then, 17 years later, yeah. 17 years later, you can't really... It's hard to come up with that chemistry. And plus, you're different people 17 years later because you're yeah. older than you were then. So Different it's experiences, like, yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, the chemistry is, of course, intact. I think so. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job with this record. Definitely. Uh, oh, Captain. Kind of a little uh, strange final track what do you guys think of this one reminds me of the title track of starless starless is that outro track for the, that album and kind of has that morose kind of sad <laughs> feeling but um i think it's a good outro track kind of imagine a tr- ship is sinking and <laughs> oh captain it's mm, interesting <laughs> yeah i wrote decent little chaser track as in like you know it's almost like the d- dessert of the feast of the album. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does kind of seem like it's over too quickly after that that last the yeah. last track finishes up cuz you know, it's, it's eight eight tunes and uh What's the thing? Someone, go ahead. I was going to say uh can't help but wish there was a couple couple more and maybe maybe they'll follow this up and uh maybe we'll hear some more music from them down the road. I mentioned this to Kimo the other day. It's 38 minutes long. That's by no means short for an album, full-length album. But it kind of feels like this could use another track, at least one track, maybe. Yeah, so you have four and four on each side, right? Right. The LP, so... And then the... One somewhere. They're... Yeah, they... Well, it's their choice. I mean, <laughs> I get it. They made exactly the record they wanted to make. I get it. it just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of like what well, Kenny said at the end, you're like, oh, I felt kind of short. As Hey, as a fan, you know, you're like, yeah, I'd like a couple more tracks. Right. You but, always want more. But then again, considering uh, everyone's attention spans, uh, my own included, aren't what they used to be when, when people put out like epic double albums with like, you know, 20 tracks. But this one, I mean, you could pop it on and listen start to finish and right. still kind of maintain your uh, attention. You know, even sometimes with the, some bands that I love, uh, I, I might get distracted halfway through and be like ready to change it up with something else. So It's no uh, Tool's fear, fear Inoculum, which is like double, double the length of this and then some. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> the full thing. True. <clears throat> No, it's you know it's a tight little record. I think thirty-eight to forty minutes is actually a perfect album length, especially these days. Like you were seeing, saying, Kenny, I think people's attention spans, you know, kind of like going back to the CD era, where everything was like sixty-five minutes, and you know they had sixteen tracks or so on an album, and 
you know, those would have yeah. been considered double albums back in the, when Soundgarden did something like that. It was like 16 tracks. That's like physical graffiti, you know? I think people back, back when CDs were a new technology definitely felt like, well, you can, you can cram 70 minutes of music on here. So we got to do 70 minutes. T- yeah. <laughs> it felt no and, obligation. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes there's so many songs on there. That's like, there's great tracks that end up getting overlooked and missed because they're just sunk deep down on the album. And yeah. it's hard for anybody to sit through start to finish the entire album. It's true. And I think the longer I live with this record, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, this is like, you know, I see why they did it like this, you know, four and four on each side and, you know, just under 40, 40 minutes, keep it short and sweet, get in, get out. It's a great record. I think you guys have heard a lot more new stuff than I have this year, but I think this is a contender right now for like one of my favorite records, definitely of the year so far. So, and we're only past the halfway point of this year. So yeah, just passed. Yeah. So I, I think there'll be other contenders like such as the new hum record. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> Shiner and hum both putting out new records pretty much at the same time on top of each other. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a little shot from the past. I mean, with both of them and, and, uh, you know, hums album at it's it's like kind of like they picked up where they left off too. It doesn't sound like, you know, they came back trying to, I don't know, Bring hit the mainstream the wheel, yeah. or do something right. They, they kind of tapped into the old magic and, and, uh, sounds like something they would have done if the band had just kept going back in the day. Totally. It's funny that, you know, they're almost gone the same amount of time. They kind of shared members. I know Gherkin played with them a bit, you know, on drums. So they're kind of intertwined in interesting ways. And it's funny they dropped a new album after close to 17, 18, going on 20 years later at the same time. Mm-hmm. There we, here's the, the perfect, perfect tour. Shiner, Hum, oh, 2021. Oh man, get failure <laughs> in there too. Yeah, get failure in there too. Yeah, throw in Swerve Driver Perfecta. and who else can we just another lot? Oh, it should be an awesome like space rock shoegaze oh, fest. <laughs> man, you get like that'd be sweet. More. Yeah, Hopefully, more. we won't have to wear spacesuits for concerts when right. COVID's over. No, do you wear the spacesuit at the space rock festival? It's part of the theme. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> go to the It'll bathroom in it. Sweaty. You don't have to go to the bathroom. You just go in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's built for that hey, what, like dune you just got a special suit just recycles it, it. yeah, yeah. the water exactly oh geez dude might be on to something here <laughs> <laughs> were they already talking about something like that i'm sure you saw the did you guys see the mock-up of that this oh yeah concert suit no i didn't see that one it's a big helmet it's like a it looks ridiculous yeah, yeah it's yeah a it's concert just, helmet it was a full outfit. Yeah. See the rave kids wearing that, right? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, I think we have hit on this pretty well as much as we can right now. Great record. Check out Schadenfreude from Shiner. You won't regret it. It's amazing. And uh, what else have we been listening to lately? We always do a little bit of recommendations of what we've been checking out. Uh, I was listening to the recent, well, we had just had Bandcamp Friday last Friday. I bought a few singles and two albums and I got Spotlight's cover of Absenter, which is a Jawbox song. The last song before they, that goes into the bonus track Hornflake Girl off the self-titled record of Jawbox. And I also bought Sergeant Thunderhoof's version of Time from the Wall Redux that uh, Magnetic Eye Records released. And nice. I also bought Emma Ruth Rundle's Staying Power single. And uh, also bought a band called Tides, T-I-D-E-S. I bought two of their albums off of Spotify on last last Friday from Bandcamp Friday. Band and camp, yeah. The album I recommend by Tides is called Resurface. 
And Sweet. they're trying to get Check rid of their CD stock. So buy their, if you go to Bandcamp, buy their CD so they could get rid of their CD stock of that album. So <laughs> get it if you're a collector. It's a good album. Reminds me of like, it's instrumental, heavy, post-metal kind of deal. Reminds me of like a heavier hum kind of without Matt Talbot singing over it. But uh, pretty heavy, long songs with interlude type segue songs in between each long song. Pretty cool. good album. Highly recommend. Have you grabbed any, anything on vinyl lately? Anything new? I did grab Envy's Fallen Crimson, the Japanese uh, screamo core band. Uh, I liked them a lot because besides the singer singing Japanese the entire time, uh, this album was like a return to form for them because they went back to their like punk hardcore roots and it was a good record. It's And the singer just came back, uh, reunited with the band because he took a leave of absence uh, after their last record for a few years and then came back recently nice. to record this rec- record. You should play that one for us. It's a good record, yeah. If we ever get to do a record party again. We will, we will. <laughs> I think you're hosting next, right? I was supposed to host in March, but then I right. kind of... Right before, uh, like, what's that? Right before lockdown? Yeah, it was the 19th, I think I wanted it on. I think it was a Friday or something yeah. like that. And then the COVID hit 14th, right? Or 15th, middle of the month or something like that? It was around then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could have... I should have had it earlier. Then we yeah. would have, I would have been off the hook. It's either the fires out here stopping us from having it or, you know, pandemic. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, uh, I'll go real quick. I grabbed... Um, the Mad Season record from the 90s, which was the kind of this super group of sorts fronted by Lane Staley and uh, got re-released on Music on Vinyl, 2LP, 180 gram. Uh, it says 2015 when this came out. Uh, did they do a record store day for this? Yes. I, know, I think that's first. Yeah. This, they also unearthed three extra tracks, I guess from what they were starting for maybe a second record that didn't happen and uh, had Mark Lanigan come and do the vocals on, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and then also at the end, they stuck on kind of an extra track. It's uh, the band doing, I don't want to be a soldier from the John Lennon tribute album, which I believe came out in the mid nineties. I remember that came out and of course laying on vocals on that and uh, really cool. They threw that on there too. It's almost just about everything I think the band did, you know, released officially on here. And uh, great album. I love this album. I always have, like, you know, they have their own kind of thing going on with uh, the drummer from Screaming Trees, Barrett Martin. And uh, I, I kind of wish the record, this this MOV, sounded a little better. I've heard, I heard how great this this was. I wasn't exactly blown away by the sound, but uh, I've heard MOV uses a lot of digital sources, so. Whatever the case is, it does sound pretty damn good. So, and uh, I'm glad to have it, especially for all these extra tracks and stuff they added. So, Mad did, Season above. Did they add a CD or DVD to that? I forget. Not no? with this package, no. Oh, okay. But there is like a live DVD from back in the day, right? Yeah. You've seen that? It's pretty sweet. Be kind of cool to have that. Anything, I don't know. Kind of. Pretty much love anything Lane Staley. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a good one. Kenny, what have you been picking up? Uh, I had a, gotten a couple of uh, couple of new slabs of vinyl uh, the last last few months here. Um, one, of my, one of my favorites of the year so far is Elder's new album, Omens, which um, I think is just amazing, man. I, I, it's a band that I've been uh, digging on for a number of years now, and uh, we got to see them play uh, on their last tour. They're out here, and uh, the this new album to me, I mean, I, I got to say it's it's even as much as I've dug some of their previous work, like this is my favorite one that they've put out. I just they added uh, like keys and synths, and there's a lot of textural stuff, 
it's real melodic, proggy, not quite as metal. I mean, some of the earlier stuff was more, more dark and heavy and metal, you know, vibes. Whereas this one is more just free, free flowing, jammy, proggy, heavy rock stuff. And, uh, really dig it. That one's a, say, uh, it's a really good album. Four tracks. I see. So is that two, uh, one aside or two aside? I think it's five tracks. But yeah, they're like real, uh, they're all real long tracks. You're right, it's five. It's, they a, actually it's double vinyl, so oh. they, uh, they stretched it out. Before this album came out, I think they relocated to Germany. I think that was a smart move because the current situation in America where, where they're originally based in was Boston, Massachusetts. So yeah. I know that it's a better situation over there with COVID. Yeah. Well, I know I've been been pumping this album a little bit the last couple of months, but it's awesome. Definitely a good one to check out. Um, another band that I've been digging on a lot is uh, King Buffalo. Um, they put out an album uh, called Dead Star that uh, I think it came out back in April. It was released like uh, middle of April, something like that. And uh, really good. They're kind of like... A, sort of a heavy heavy space rock psych rock uh kind of thing i don't know how to how to describe them exactly um but i i love all their stuff i actually got all of their all of their albums that they've released on vinyl and uh this new one dead star is really good too and unfortunately miss getting a chance to see them play live because they were scheduled to come out here and uh yeah, where, where were they going to play Echo. Uh, yeah. The Echo March something, or was it May? May? Yeah, well, it's come and gone now. But uh, I was thinking about going to that show and they were selling tickets for the show with the vinyl purchase. Oh, cool. And that night I couldn't go because I was going to go see Monster Magnet with Cadaver and uh, Nebula. Did that show Henry happen? Fonda. No. Okay, it got postponed so. to February next year. Ah. Uh, King Buffalo loves the vinyl, man. They, these guys, uh, I like their work ethic too. They're very DIY. Uh, they've been putting stuff out without, without being on a label and doing pretty well. And uh, they've got a lot of different colored vinyl releases and stuff. So actually on, the, on their Bandcamp page, they, uh, since they can't go on tour, they've been pulling out some of their, uh, some of their, wax that they intended to sell on tour and offering it up for sale online and even pulling out some some reissues from their uh, their back catalog too so got some some good stuff uh for sale definitely it's cool band i dig those guys a lot so been been jamming uh jamming their stuff quite a bit what's the new one called dead, dead star, star. Hmm. Ooh, we said that in unison <laughs> okay it is on it is on discogs and uh let's see like uh last last but not least i'll throw out there uh one that i'm stoked about i, I just got an email today in fact saying that uh the album is shipped and on its way to me it's uh the band lowrider from sweden and uh talking uh about bands like shiner and hum that hadn't put out albums forever these guys they basically put out one album like around 2000, 2001. I think they had an EP and then one full length album. And uh, they were kind of like sort of the forefathers of the, the modern, like the post Caius era desert rock stuff. Cause there's been a lot of bands like truck fighters and, and others that have come after them doing this style. But uh, they did an album that's called Ode to Io. And uh, it was released on vinyl, pretty small release when it first came out. And uh, they did one repress back in 2013, I believe. And uh, it was going for pretty, pretty high dollars on Discogs. And uh, interestingly, this one, uh, this reissue, um, it's been remastered for this reissue too. It's being put out by Blues Funeral Records. And... Uh, Jad, I think Jad Shackler is his name. The uh, the guy, the uh, owner founder of Blues Funeral, he did the post wax vinyl series last year, and uh, Lowrider did a reunion album 
recorded a uh, record that was released on Post Wax last year. And uh, now Blues Funeral is doing this reissue. So I grabbed it. It's uh, pretty sweet. I got the uh, Color Splatter Gatefold Double Vinyl 2LP edition. Nice. So uh, pretty stoked. I just got the email of the day. Hopefully, you know, next week or so, that thing will be showing up on my doorstep. So, so you haven't heard the record yet? Not the vinyl, no. I've heard the album, uh, listened to it many times, but first time on vinyl when it shows up. Nice. It's got some good new stuff coming. That's always nice. I'm yeah. particularly excited, and I told you all about this chemo, that they're finally, finally, finally releasing or re-releasing PJ Harvey's stuff like from the, from the beginning on vinyl with like companion demo versions also. So of course I've ordered all four already that they've pre-orders have come out for, for dry and uh, rid of me and the demos. So pretty excited about that. It'd be shipping what this month, next month. Please inform me when they do uh, to bring you my love. That'll be the next one. Probably. Yeah. Put pre-orders up for and i hope they do a demos version of that i don't think there's ever been any demos of that have, have come out that's what i'm hoping and the next one is this desire would be pretty amazing to hear some tapes of also all, all very exciting because very hard to find that pj harvey stuff for you know not a crazy price for the originals so super excited about that and uh, nice yeah, right on we're waiting on our failure box sets. Should be any day or any month. I think maybe August. Uh, yeah. 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 It's uh that one. Uh, it's definitely going to be pretty, pretty exciting. Awesome release to have those on vinyl. And for the extra stuff that they're adding that, you know, is all very hush hush or, you know, we got a track list, but I don't think we've heard some of that stuff. It's kind of, it exciting. hasn't been released yet. Yeah. It's not known, not known yet. And we have heard yeah. about the digital versions and I listen to Comfort. I think that's the most dramatic change sounding. I think it sounds amazing now. Like, yeah. You can actually hear Ken's vocals. Yeah. The it drums are more pronounced. Yeah. Just a better. I know they weren't happy with that. I read later they weren't super happy with the sound of that one. Like, yeah. So sounds a lot better can't wait to hear it on vinyl so i've been watching some of the uh the ken andrews uh videos that, that he's putting up on his youtube channel and uh, he's talking about a few things like some of the remixing that they did and um it's pretty cool the last one of his videos that i watched was uh it was a breakdown of of uh mixing uh base it was a kind of a rough mix but of heliotropic and like basically like went through all the tracks, like talked about how they had um, gone in and um, basically had everything taken from the two inch master tapes and, and digitized. digitized into pro tools so that they'd have it basically like safety preserved yeah. forever so that the tape doesn't burn out and uh, have all the tracks there so that they'd be able to work on, on these things and just have them. And um, for fantastic planet, he was going through how they, they recorded on ADAT machines, which, was uh the popular innovative technology at the time sure like, you know, they've kind of all gone the way of the dodo because they were 16-bit digital but uh you know they they basically put their own studio together made 24 track you know recording uh two a dads or studio something out of three yeah three a just picked up three a dads and used his uh mackie 32 channel mixing board and he was going through a bunch of stuff on it and quickly popping some effects and running through some of the quick eq kind of things that he does and uh it's pretty cool like when that that one song that he walked through there weren't that many tracks on it they end up you know when you sounds hear the final massive, thing though. it sounds pretty pretty full and pretty dense but it's like there's literally like probably eight drum tracks and then like two guitar tracks, wow. uh, ba like one single bass track, like no, no amp and mixed with the DI or anything, just one bass track. Wow. Like one sort of drony keyboard track and then <laughs> vocal track and, and stuff. So uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that, I'm 
I'll be stoked to hear that when they get the, the vinyls man show up. You got to think that, you know, his expertise now after all this time, he's probably better or as good now as he's ever been at like the mixing, producing, maybe even that he's doing mastering. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, but, he's yeah. definitely upped his game. Definitely yeah, over the top years. notch now. So I'm super excited to hear how the how the set sounds when it does come on vinyl because I never had any of the failure old older failure stuff on vinyl. So yeah, it's gonna with with the digitals that they release pre-release. I, it sounds amazing, and I can't wait to get the vinyl too. Yeah, I think that about does it. Uh, final thoughts, chemo. Uh, stay healthy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask, please. Yes, please. I'll drink to that. Final thoughts, Kenny. Well, I uh, I echo your sentiments, Chemo. Definitely, everybody, be safe and and healthy, and do do what you can to do what makes you happy, man. Listen to some good music. Watch a good show. Watch a good movie. Um, you know, basically, try to uh, stay stay happy and positive, so we can all get through this. Yeah, definitely. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Check out the Shiner record and keep spinning. <laughs> Spin <laughs> you later. Supposed to, you're supposed to say that, Kenny. It's like your catchphrase. Everyone was waiting for you. Say it. Catch you on the B side. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he just keeps he just keeps riffing on these. Just keeps pulling them out. It's like you know. Do you want me to stop recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I cut it. <laughs>